What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this fantastic Wednesday afternoon edition of At Large Bid, part of the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. We are the NCAA show here. Normally, we go live on Tuesdays for the show to go on Wednesdays for the people, but um, our college basketball schedules have definitely messed with our plans this couple this month so far. But we're back and running. We're A-OK. We got a lot of fun news to talk about. I'm Tim Daniel. Joining me as always, Mr. Taylor Bergfeld. How are you? I'm good, man. What's going on? I, oh. uh, a uh, scare last night from the Tar Heels, but uh, other than that, we're we're rolling. We're three zero, so we're uh, we're on to better things. Yeah, absolutely. Three zero start for the Heels. Two zero start for the Musketeers before a big game tomorrow night that we're going to be talking about later. Um, so much to be excited about this week in the world of college basketball, and uh, some crazier news. We got some more conference realignment yet again. Just as everything was starting to come together, something else changes. So. I don't know. I know we'll cover probably cover that on a later episode. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's get into a little bit of last weekend. Also, I forgot to do because I keep doing this and I keep skipping over things. Uh, if you see here, uh, we are available now. Whether you can check us out live on the Facebook feed. If you do have any comments, questions, anything, we can see it here. We'll display it. We'll answer your questions. Anything you want. We're happy to talk some little college hoops. Um, so with that being said, uh, we'll go ahead and get into a little bit of uh this last weekend's games we had a lot of really good ones um but let's start at friday night super late nova ucla <laughs> just an awesome game um gotta get you know i knew that the jay wright congratulations to ucla and the excellent student section poly pavilion and best of luck for the rest of the year text tweet was coming but i love it i wouldn't have anything else from them yeah the there's two things so Everybody always wants UCLA to be back. They want Pauly Pavilion to be popping. Um, they want you know the fans to be packed in there, and they want UCLA to be relevant and good again, which after last year's Final Four run and ranked second in the country, they are. Only problem with that is, is these 11.30 tips are unbelievably late. I'm 27 years old, and I'm struggling to stay asleep for a college, a top five, two top five college basketball teams playing each other is uh, something I didn't think I would have a problem with, but I did. Um Stayed up for the whole game. It was awesome. I think the game was won at the beginning when Jay Wright came out in a quarter zip oh, and yeah. McCronin was in a nice Italian suit. I think the mind games immediately were off. Jay Wright looked over and saw Mick Cronin in a nice, you know, nice two-piece suit and was like, uh-oh. That's I big might, time. Might be in trouble here. That's big so, time. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that that game for every um, every preseason talk about the game going into it, about how hyped the matchup was, it lived up to um, expectations. I kind of want to get your thoughts on it here in a minute. Um, just kind of how the second half, I, I don't know if you watched all of it or if you, you kind of kept in touch with it, but Nova was up 10 points with four minutes left and kind of this game goes to overtime. And, you know, even you look at the score, 86, 77 UCLA wins, you would kind of think, Oh, UCLA pulled away in overtime, which they did, but it was at last, I don't know the last 14 minutes were, crucial for UCLA kind of the last five or six minutes in regulation plus overtime. I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on UCLA real quick, and then we'll touch on Nova here um, at the end. Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't get to check, check all of it because I was covering a game that night and got home a little late. Um, but yeah, I thought the overtime play, I know that UCLA pulled away pretty fun. I mean, 29 combined points in overtime is always a blast. Oh yeah. You know, we've, I've been at some very miserable college basketball overtime games, but it's like, and it was eight to three in overtime, and you're like, and, God. And a lot of the uh, seven of those eleven points came from the free throw line. So mm -hmm. it's just it's crucial or brutal. Sorry. Yeah, it's very uh, brutal. The, um, but yeah. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, go ahead. Uh, okay. Johnny Johnny Juzang is just uh, my takeaway from that game is Juzang. He, nine to twenty one from the field, uh, or nine nine to twenty four from the field, which you know. Kobe Bryant like numbers, uh, but six to six from the free throw line, 24 point or 25 points. Sorry. The guy is just a score at all levels. Last year, the complaints, you know, going into the final four with UCLA was that they didn't take a lot of threes. They settled for long twos, which, you know, analytically, that's maybe the dumbest shot in basketball, you know, one step inside the three point line. But I love Juzang. Um, I think this team kind of has a little bit of everything that you, you look for. I mean, you got Tiger Campbell, Jules Bernard, and Johnny Juzang, which are veteran guards, which um, you know, look at every national championship team the last couple of years. They they have those ingredients. Um, didn't have Cody Riley, didn't play in this game. Miles Johnson from Rutgers, you know, played 36 minutes with one field goal, which seems a little odd. But, yeah, I, I mean, UCLA. I mean, Jaquez was awesome, though. Mm -hmm. UCLA was 9 of 24 from three, 37%. Uh, but, I, I mean, we hit on it. 
I, I like McCrone at UCLA. I think the players buy in. I think this team has the recipe for success. And the crazy part is Peyton Watson, their five-star heralded freshman that they brought in, only played six minutes. Now, those six minutes were early in the first – or in the middle of the first half. He was out of control. He was kind of all over the place. So Mick Cronin kind of made the wise decision to be like, all right, like this is not a game for our freshman guy to get a lot of burn in. So I'm kind of curious to see how he will evolve this year. I think he'll get a lot better alongside Juzang and Bernard. So if you're a UCLA fan, um, I mean, got to be incredibly happy with how you look. You got a big test next week against Gonzaga, which is next Tuesday. But um, I think overall you're, you're pretty excited for, uh, for how the program's looking. So. Yeah, and I think on the other end, too, I, I'm not discouraged by Villanova. Um, you look at this game particularly, and, I mean, all five stars scored in double digits. Uh, mm-hmm. Jermaine Samuels is so freaking good, and he had 20 He had twenty points, uh, led the team in scoring. Uh, Colin Gillespie continued his Colin Gillespie days of 18 points and three assists. Justin Moore with 14 points. And the thing that were like kind of – it almost kind of felt like a tournament game in the sake of neither team went super deep into their bench. It was like – Here's our starters, yep. and here's our three or four guys on the bench are going to get minutes, and that was kind of cool. Like, I it kind of had that like NCAA tournament game, you know, elite, elite eight, eight atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, I was like, it was it was pretty intense. Uh, seven turnovers for Villanova, and fourteen for UCLA, and UCLA still pulls out the victory. So, like I said, if you're a Bruins fan, got to be pretty encouraged with a how they came back late in the second half, and b you know they did have a lot of turnovers, but they, you still pulled out a win against a very good Villanova team. Um, I, I mean, I could talk about it all day. Villanova's offense is so just beautiful to watch. They're yes, facing the, – I mean, Gillespie is the perfect guard for Jay Wright's system. Um, Samuels and Moore and Patterson, all those guys can space the floor with their jump shots. I mean, Gillespie, you know, he might not be the flashiest player. 42 minutes played, 6-12 of 12 from the field, 4-6 of six from three, 18 points, you know, two steals, three assists, two rebounds. Like, I mean, that's why he's a National Player of the Year candidate. So I'm pretty excited to see kind of how he uh, – progresses up throughout the rest of this year i'm sure he'll give a lot of teams fits so yeah absolutely so looking forward more to that uh yeah like you said next week you see like Gonzaga is going to be tremendous i will be the biggest bruin fan in the world that night everyone knows this um but like i said still feel strong about nova think they're still you know a final four contender um mm-hmm. so it's, i'm really excited to see how that's the season goes for them and especially this is the final year of colin gillespie so we can finally Wonder what think, life is like without him. Do you think he would have came back if he didn't get hurt? Yeah. Really? I mean, I, I looking at like in my position, you know, if it were me, I would think I would enjoy the college atmosphere. But, you know, if you get offered to go play in Greece or Spain or on the G League for a good yeah. amount of money. But with NIL now, I guess it's a little bit easier to make that money. So, yeah, that's why I'm really starting to believe Imani Bay is going to be at Memphis two years. Yeah. I mean, it, if you can't go to the draft after this year, you might as well go back another year and rack up even more money. So that FedEx money is stays printing over there. So Yeah, exactly. He'll have plenty of autograph signings to do and make some cash on. <laughs> um, we'll get to them a little later. I do kind of want to talk about them uh, in a segment that I have planned for you that I haven't told you about yet. Ha ha. All right. Yeah. It's going to be our kind of fun thing, but I want to get into uh, Texas Gonzaga a little bit here. Uh, obviously this was the other one that people were talking about. Uh, we really had a chance to see four Final Four contenders in two nights span. Three Final Four contenders. I am smashing the panic button on Texas. Okay, we're going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, let's talk the Gonzaga side first. Um, yeah. Drew Timmy, 37 points, obviously, was awesome. I mean, dude, like, unbelievable. 15 of 19 from the floor. They they kept putting him on the line. 7 of 9, played all 40 minutes. And I looked more into Chet Holmgren because everyone was like, you know, he only scored two points. And it's like, okay, he only took three shots. But Texas had, when he was off the court, half their shots were at the rim. When he was on the court, only 15% of their shots were at the rim. So his rim protection really jumped out in that game. I thought that played really well. Um, but yeah, on the Texas side, obviously, you know, you look at guys like Timmy Allen had 18 points. Uh, Marcus Carr had 11, but he shot four of 13 from the field. I feel like Gonzaga really did expose them. I'm just not at the point where I'm giving up on the Longhorns yet. Yeah, it was kind of more sarcastically when I'm saying hitting the panic button. But what I saw Saturday, I I might be taking back my Elite Eight Final Four uh, ceiling for them. I, I like Marcus Carr. I think he's a dynamic scorer, but... You know, if, if you guys listen to Titus and Tate this week or, you know, listen to kind of what Mark Titus said about it, 
Marcus Carr was really good on a really bad team. And Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, Brock Cunningham, some of these guys like Trey Mitchell, these guys that they bring in, they all haven't played on good teams. So they haven't learned how to gel and learn to sacrifice. Okay, I can't get mine right now to get the ultimate goal of a team victory or a Big 12 championship. You know, I mean, Shaka Smart did not win a tournament game during his tenure at Texas, which is That's right. unbelievable to even think about with the talent and NBA players that he's put out from Texas. But yeah, you said Marcus Carr struggled um, pretty handedly against Gonzaga, you know, one of five from three, four of 13, like you mentioned. I think he ended up with uh, three turnovers, which, you know, not terrible for your lead guard. But I, I think for a defensive minded team and how athletic they are, they, they didn't think to double Drew Timmy, I don't know, four minutes into the game when he had 16 points. Like, yeah. Guy had 30, what do you have, 39, 37? Texas, uh, Texas made Drew Timmy a first round pick. 37 points. Yeah. I Drew Timmy, you know, we'll get to Gonzaga here in a second, like you mentioned. But, I mean, it, they're three, they were 9 to 24 from three. Um, Andrew Jones, you know, five points. That's a guy who came back for a super senior. Like, guy who's played in big games. Like, you kind of need more production out of him. Um, Courtney Ramey with six. Another guy that you kind of rely on. Trey Mitchell did not play. He only played 14 minutes, which seems a little odd for me. Um, it could be because... It's a new team with a lot of pieces, and they're still kind of figuring it out. So, you know, you you maintain your 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 takes on Texas and how you think they're a good team, which, like I said, I think they're a good team. But there's a um, there's a lot of gelling to do. I think Beard will get them in shape defensively, but I, I, I'm a little worried. I I think they need another shooter. Devin Askew looked just as bad as he did at Kentucky. Yeah, he did. Uh, he out of control with the ball, drives in the middle of the lane, panics, tries to throw an outlet pass that just is not there. Um, I would like to see more out of Trey Mitchell. Brock Cunningham is a guy that I do not think should be playing 19 minutes a game for Texas, especially if they want to get to where they're at. I think he's a nice role player that plays 8 to 12 minutes a game. Um, he's good defensively, but brings you nothing offensively. Um, but then switching to Gonzaga, I mean, Timmy, National Player of the Year preseason pick. <laughs> he's going to win Player of the Year unless Ben yeah. Shapiro wins it from Duke. Uh, I He's very Christian Leitner light, like not – skill set and how he plays but just his interactions with the fans every time he scores he either flexes his muscle muscles messes with his mustache does the mouse in the house acts like the guy's too little to guard him like all these things very animated out there which is fine when you're winning um you know i don't i don't think he was doing that last year in the title game when jared butler and davion nope. mitchell and mark vital were all up in his grill but i think if you're a gonzaga fan you're t- on the moon still this team's got a load of talent the guard play that i was worried about you know, the drop-off from last year to this year doesn't seem like it's been affected yet. Now, granted, we're three games into the season, but I think they still got the pieces there. Nimhart's awesome. Bolton from Iowa State is a great addition. Um, Hunter Salas only played four minutes, which is a five-star combo guard they bring in. Nolan Hickman is the kid you bring in that decommitted from Kentucky. Now it goes to Gonzaga. He played 19 minutes, ended up with seven points. Kind of what you said, very Villanova-UCLA-like as well. Gonzaga plays eight players. Texas plays... They play a little bit more. They go a little bit deeper in their bench, but a lot of guys had three or four minutes played. But very NCAA tournament feel to this game. Um, what I want to ask you this. What did you make of Mark Few's comments and Chris Beard's comments, how after the game, Chris Beard said, like, this is a true road game. Like, we're happy to be here. And Mark Few said he's inviting the other Blue Bloods that haven't ma- made a trip to Gonzaga to maybe get out of there. Very hinting at UK and Duke because Carolina played there a couple years ago and then they returned the favor. They've already had a home and home the last couple of years. I like it. Um, I think it makes sense. I think my biggest, uh, you know, issue with Gonzaga has always been that their non-conference sucks, and I mean that their conference sucks. Sorry, not their non-conference. So I appreciate when they play these tough games. You know, like you talk about next week alone, UCLA and Duke are three days apart from each other, and they're playing both those teams in That's Vegas. Pretty- what a what a weird like go to Vegas on Tuesday, celebrate Thanksgiving Wednesday. Not to mention they have a game on Monday too. They play Central Michigan on Monday. They have uh, UCLA on Tuesday and Duke on Friday. Or Central Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> maybe actually, maybe that game will be close because they might rest some people. Yeah, exactly. But I dig it. Um, as far as the Chris Beard side, I do appreciate that he was like, yeah, you know, like we want to play in big atmospheres and they're about to go to the SEC soon. So, you know, they're going to play at Rupp every year. Probably. I don't really know how the schedule is going to pan out. Uh, yeah. With more teams, I don't know if they're going to do home and homes or home and aways, but. Yeah. Um, and then. You know, they really don't have a tough game for a while, uh, not till Seton Hall in December. So 
you know, they're, they're going to be stacking up wins for a while here. I think they play Bellerman. No, Gonzaga plays Bellerman on Friday. Huh. So to watch Bellerman's yeah. kind of, they're struggling this year, but they had a good, good year last year, but yeah, it's good to, I'm glad they're getting out there and playing some big programs just to get more relevancy for their name. So, yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I'm cool with it, man. Um, I think Texas is going to pretty soon, obviously. They're going to be stacking up. I mean, they're in a good conference this year, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, with the Big 12. The defending national champs are there. Um, so, Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. Yeah. I'm cool with it. I, Oklahoma State, not so much. Yeah. Yikes. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. Last thing on Texas, though, when I say a panic button for the Final Four, Sweet 16, I, I need their three-point percentages to get up. I need their guards to play a little bit better, which I think they will. Marcus Carr is good enough. I just kind of like circling back to the the original point is they have a lot of guys who haven't won at the highest level. Um, I think they need to, you know, kind of have a, and I'm sure Chris Beard will whip them into shape to be better defensively because they were atrocious against Gonzaga and just kind of get into that team mentality where it's maybe not shooting 15, 16 times a game. Maybe it's eight or nine better shots if you're Marcus Carr. So still think Texas is good, but, my thoughts were altered after we're going into this game. I thought it was going to be a lot closer. I ended up, I took Texas plus seven and a half and that never even close. I mean, it was a 12 point game, but it was 20, 24, 20, 22, 24 point game, pretty much all the way through the second half. So, yeah. <clears throat> all the, uh, yeah. So it happens, you know, that's, that's the joy of betting, right? You bet you had a good day yesterday. Yeah. Uh, forward one yesterday. Yeah. Uh, day before one and four. Yeah. Sorry. Right. I, I saw Kyle said that you faded his LSU Liberty pick. Yeah, you know, nobody nobody congratulates you on the winners, Tim. It's the losers. Okay, I, I, you know, get DM saying, I took this pick, it lost. I'm like, well, if I knew it was going to lose, I would have took the other side there, buddy. It's the classic Roy Williams from last year. Yeah. Would you have totally. scheduled Marquette if you knew you were going to lose? Like, no, if I knew we were going to win, I would have scheduled the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that game got us Dawson, Dawson Garcia. So maybe Roy knew. He always got a, He's always got a plan. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you who I was really shocked by, who played awesome and just had a dominant second half. Uh, this weekend was Florida uh, playing Florida State. Yeah. Obviously, they had him in the swamp. Um, you look at a guy like Colin Castleton. He was unbelievable yeah. in this game. 15 points and 16 boards. Um, you know, their guards of like Marion Jones and uh, Brandon McKissick reached with 12 points. Um, you know, you get a guy like DeRuji who also puts in 15. And they really, I mean, other than um, Fleming Jr., I never say his first name right. I'm not going to try to. Mm-hmm. Um they like really didn't play their bench much at all, but for like Matthew Cleveland and Florida state, I thought, you know, we've talked, we've been pretty high on Cleveland so far and he played decent, you know, 11.6 boards, five of 10 from the floor. And the rest of the team besides Osborne really did not show up at all. I ACC has had a terrible start to the year. Yep. Just terrible. Um, yeah, I was higher on, I was pretty high on Florida state, Caleb Mills, Matt Cleveland, Cameron Fletcher, some transfers you bring in, returning some talent as well that Emily Gosborn, um, some guys that they had, but yeah, this game was close for a little bit. It was a one or two point game at half. Um, yeah, it was a two point game at half. Florida state was up and then you get outscored 43 to 25 in the second half. Just look uh, Colin Castleton was just a, was a monster. Um, it would, what did he fin- finish with 15, six and 16? Yeah. That's, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Um, Florida's kind of that sneaky pick for the SEC. A lot of people are looking at Alabama, Auburn, Arkansas, and Kentucky. Florida and Tennessee are those teams that kind of linger around that five and six area um, that could very easily win the league, especially how good they are defensively. Mike White, is this a big year for him? You know, went to the Elite Eight 2017 against South Carolina. It's kind of had some stinkers the last couple of years, but um, a very big win for Florida. They, this is the first time they've won against Florida State since 2013, which seems very wild to even say that, but – Big win for Florida, uh, Florida State, and the ACC kind of down a little bit. But if you're Florida State, I think you rally. I think, you know, you're going to get better games than a Matt Cleveland. She got 5 of 10 from the field. Cameron Fletcher is a guy that I don't know if he can be the elite scorer he thinks he's going to be. I think he's more of kind of a defensive specialist slash energy guy. Maybe not a guy that you run the offense through. But I think Caleb Mills is a good enough guard and polite as well as a good guard as well that you can get um, you're going to get a better night than one of seven from the field from each of them which is pretty hard to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, you look at Florida State, and there's kind of a thing, too, where their schedule coming up. So they play Tulane tonight. Yeah. You know, and then they got uh, Lamont. Is it? Wow. They, oh, they got Purdue uh, in two weeks. 
I don't even want to talk about them. Nope. <laughs> yeah. They are. I'm going to get, they're going to pound Carolina Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're going to, they're going to be the big, they're going to be the ACC <laughs> champs in the big 10. Oh uh, yeah. They're going to, yeah, they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll make their way with, with the ACC. Um, but yeah, I mean, last thing here on these two teams before we get into the Gavitt games, if you're Florida, you're happy with how you looked in the preseason um, and how you started the season, especially getting a win against Florida State first time since 2013, like I mentioned, and kind of how you said about Florida State. Looks like they're going to stack some wins here. Um, hopefully, where's that Purdue game at? Purdue. Oh, that will be a loss. Is that the Big Ten ACC? Yep. Oh, man, that is a tough draw for Florida State. But yeah, just uh, one of those things. Can't wait for we get into the. We'll preview that. Obviously, the closer we get to that. But if you're Florida State, panic level is not there or anything yet. Especially with how early it is in the season, it doesn't really matter. So, hopefully, you're playing your best ball towards the end. But I think you'll see a little bit better from Florida State. So, yeah, man, I agree. All right, let's get into some Gavit games because I don't know if you know or not, the Big East is running it. Yeah, the uh, the Big Ten, the best conference, is zero uh, and four going into tonight. 0-4. I got a pretty interesting Seton Hall, Michigan stat. I can't wait to tell you when we get to that game. But let's wow. start. Illinois goes to Marquette. Shaka's first big game as the head coach of the Golden Eagles. And he wins. Not only does he win, but they freaking played awesome defense. Yeah. They were so physical. Ugly. It was not an attractive game whatsoever. And really kind of you look at a guy like uh, Daryl Morsell, 21 points. You have a guy like Justin Lewis with 17 as a freshman. That was a kid Xavier was really in on and could not seal the deal. So that's not going to be. There's something about like following recruiting and, you know, getting really invested in these kids. Like Wendell Moore is a perfect example for Duke, a kid that Duke is a one and done factory. If they don't produce as freshmen, they usually leave. Duke never has kids that stay three or four years. I mean, they do, but generally they do not. Wendell Moore from Carolina, Duke, Carolina, his final two schools ends up going to the the dark side, as I call it, but that is a kid that would be just perfect for Carolina. He played the three, he played three or four years, get better every year, and now now he's killing it for Duke as a junior. And it's like, I like following these kids, but there's a sad part of recruiting where it's like, especially when they start to flourish, where you're like, oh, this one hurts. This one hurts a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I totally with you. And I can't believe that, like, when you look at the numbers in this game, it's kind of amazing. Marquette won. They were out rebounded by twenty. On the offensive boards alone, they were out-rebounded by 13. Um, they had four less assists. You know, Illinois did have 23 turnovers, which led to 26. 28. Yeah. Yeah. 28 points off turnovers for Marquette was obviously big. Uh, but, and I know everyone's going to be like, well, you know, if Illinois has Kofi, they win that game. And they probably do. Mm-hmm. But, Yowza, Andre Curbella, 4 of 18 from the floor. What is you doing? Trent Frazier, basically the whole reason you guys were in the game. Yeah. I- not to toot my own horn over here, but I did say in our Big Ten preview, I was a little worried about the Illinois guard play. Um, everybody's penciling them in as a Final Four team. We picked Purdue, which had tipped us. Um, but yeah, Illinois, the guard play. Trent Frazier's awesome. Curbelo, wow. Burn the tape on this one. That was a tough game. Yeah. Getting stripped at the end. Um, just just bad. Just, I mean, not even, I'm looking at, he was four of 18 from the field, man. Four of 18. Is that good? Not, not great. 0 of 3 from 3. He had 7 of their 26 turnovers. And I'm with you. If they did have Kofi, they probably win that game. But they didn't, so it's hard to play the yeah. if, hands or butt. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yep. The environment was rocking. That was, was really fun to watch. Very ugly game. Very defensive-minded. Shaka's doing defensive slides, slapping the floor. Very Wojo-esque. <laughs> and Marquette, oh, which I'm glad they're getting – I bet their Marquette fans are glad to get rid of him. I think Shaq is going to thrive here at Marquette. I think this is much more up his alley. Big East play is very suits the kind of basketball he likes to play. He can get his kids there. Um, yeah, Marquette has Marquette plays in the Charleston Classic this week, so we'll be you know previewing some of these games here and at the end of this. But yeah, if you're I mean big win in in the Pfizer Forum, place was rocking. Big win over a top ten team. And if you're an Illinois fan, just burn the tape, clean up the turnovers, get Kofi back, and let's roll. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to drill quick before we point out um, Providence. I give them shout out, obviously, for their win at Wisconsin and Ed Cooley just being the man. But gave Brad Davidson the JP McCura Gator Chomp as he was yeah. leaving the floor from the bench. That was tough. They, I mean, what was the final score in that game? It was 63 58. God, that is brutal. Like, 
those are two teams that just it's a like just a rock fight. Um, yeah, the Brad Davison, you know, you love him or hate him. I'm indifferent on him. I, I think he's good for college basketball. I think he's a heel that plays that role. But Wisconsin's going to be terrible, and mm-hmm. we're starting to see why. If Brad's not hot, then good luck. Chris vote nine minutes, three fouls. That no guy failed upward. Yeah. NKU wasn't great at NKU. Good to UC. Wasn't great at UC and now playing in the Big Ten. Mm-mm. No offense, Chris, if you're listening. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, man, I mean, yeah. On the other end, um, I just can't tell people enough how much I love Nate Watson. Oh, yeah, beast. God, he's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, had another – he's averaging 20 points and 7 rebounds a game right now. He had, he had 24 and 6 in this game. It was 11 of 15 from the floor. Providence is deep. I mean, they're really deep. I mean, they're really, they really have what it takes to be up there with Nova, Xavier, UConn, St. John's Mm -hmm. in the conference. They're really talented. Um, So this is, I mean, a really good Providence team. I think they're going to be ranked pretty soon. Um, I'm I'm excited about them. Yeah. First three and a start since like 2012, 2013, when they had Chris Dunn and uh, what's the other kid? It was the forward that played for the Celtics for a little bit. Uh, Let me see. I know you're talking about, but I can't yeah, think of it. It doesn't really matter. But yes, no. big big uh, big start for Ed Cooley. Usually they're hanging around right in the bubble, but I'm with you. Hopefully we'll see them ranked, and hopefully they keep that momentum going into the Big East play. So. Yeah. I'll touch on a couple others before we get into uh, Michigan Seton Hall, just so we can kind of go through. Um, like we said, so Creighton beats Nebraska. Big um, one for them. Ryan Nemhard, freshman. Big game. Big game. 22-5-5. and 6-11 for the floor for Creighton. Keep an eye on him. That is a Greg McDermott ass player. And if there is a Greg McDermott ass player, oh, yeah. it's him. Alex uh, O'Connell. Yeah. Duke. Yep. He's there. <laughs> All right. Here's my Fred Hoiberg question that I just want to figure out. How the hell does CJ Wilcher not start for Nebraska? He's your only he's your only option off the bench. Maybe that's the reason why they need something, but I think yeah. he's the only guy that can score for him. Yeah, him and like They're, Kobe Webster, and that's about it. Mm. I, I am so down on Nebraska. I there was a lot of there was some buzz about them. I think they're still a couple years away. Yeah, I am right there with you. So we'll go ahead real quick and so the last game that hasn't been played yet um in this group. Well, that has been played, I should say, is Seton Hall playing number four Michigan in Ann Arbor, beating them 67-65. Since nineteen eighty five, there has been ten times an unranked team has visited a top five opponent in November. And one, three of them have happened since 2019. Say that again. Since 1985. Since been... 1985, there's been ten times a team that was unranked went to a top five team's house and won in November. Wow. Okay. So Seton Hall's, I guess, two of them. Um, they they got this one. Okay, I didn't know there was another one. Uh. Stephen F. Austin. Duke, yeah. Evansville. I love that one. Um, 2001, Xavier. Yep. Go to UC when they were number one in the country and number two in the city. That's a great call. Love that call. Never gets old. Um, 1999, Notre Dame beat Ohio State. So I don't remember the other ones all the time, but Kentucky's on there like three or four times. Yeah. Carolina beat top five Michigan State in Ann Arbor in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. But I don't know if that counts. But I guess it does. I mean, they're top five. I think so. it would, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's just a fun stat. Uh, but talking about the game real quick. Uh, first off, totally forgot that Alexis Yetna is still playing college basketball. Yeah, Seton Hall's good. I gave them out they plus eight and a half. Um, very nervous when I gave the pick out. I was like, man, this is either a time where it's either going to be a dogfight and come down to the finish. I still thought Michigan would win either way. Or I thought this is a game where Michigan's going to flex their muscles and just route them. Um, very happy I was wrong. I, I love Kevin Willard. I think he is phenomenal. X's nose, I put him up there with anybody with coaching. Um, Yetna's great. Roden is a monster. I, I love this team. Uh, Bryce Aiken from Harvard, the guard that's just, mm-hmm. if he stays healthy, he can fill it up. 13 points off the bench. You'll take that every day for them. So, yeah. I agree, man. Um, on the other end, I'm not necessarily discouraged by Michigan. Uh, I think it just kind of happens. First off, really bad time to announce Jawan Howard's five five year extension losing this game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. always unfortunate when that happens. But I'm with you. The Caleb Houston shot one of nine from th- or one of nine from the field. 
Not he's an elite, elite freshman scorer that had a bad game. Um, Dickinson was, what, 8 of 11 for 18 points. Pretty solid. You're going to get that all the time. They need a little bit more from Brandon Johns. Um, he's 3 of 9 from the field with 6 points. They had 11 turnovers. They shot 3 of 15 from 3. Mm. Going to need to get a little bit better there, clean it up. But I'm with <clears> you. I'm 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 not discouraged if I'm Michigan. It, it sucks to lose at home, but – they play North Carolina a couple weeks in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Maybe they go win a game there and um, take one back for, you know, get one back that maybe they shouldn't. So I'm with you. I think this is a good Michigan team, very good Seton Hall team, very, you know, fits kind of the mold for how they're built and just a, a great college basketball game. I don't I don't understand. John Fanna had a great tweet. Like, I, I don't understand how you can watch some of these games and just not love college basketball. Yeah, it's not as pretty as the NBA, the spacing and the scoring, but, like, the passion and the fans and it's just the environments are rocking. It's so fun to watch. Yeah, it is. But while these environments have been rocking, I've had to watch Cincinnati play Alabama A&M. <sighs> Buddy, I feel for you. Yeah. you. You text me last night. I think the, the verbiage was this game set basketball back 20 years. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and it did. I watched a little bit of it. Put it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> so upcoming the rest of the Gavit games, we've got Michigan State and Butler tomorrow night. Uh, tonight. Tonight. Yeah. Sorry. Butler plus three. St. John's and in Indiana. That might be a good game. I like both the games tonight. I gave out yeah. the over and um, gave out the over in Butler, Michigan State. I could not get myself to take Butler. Um, everything tell everything told me to take Butler, but I gave the over out one thirty two. I, I I see this if it's close, maybe at the end we might sneak an over with the um, with some free throws. And then I gave out St. John's plus five at Indiana. I think Indiana can be really good, but I think St. John's is a veteran team that can win outright um, as well as keep it really close if they do, they were to lose, but I think they win tonight. I, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to say it. I'm going to go clean sweep tonight for the big East, which means both big 10 teams are going to win handily. So, yep. Yeah. As long as they win you? tonight, what's, not tomorrow. Yeah. What, that, yes. I agree with that. What's your, what's your opinion on tonight's games? Um, I think Butler's just kind of, kind of in Hinkle need a big win. Laval mm-hmm. kind of knows his backs against the wall this year. Yep. Um, I like that. I feel like that's pretty good. I'm not done with Michigan state by any means. No. I think they could still be really good. Um, but you're looking at it. Like, I just don't know. Like Jaden Taylor has been tremendous for Butler so far, freshman from Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Michigan state like has, like, I don't No one's figured out how to stop him yet. Um, right. I wouldn't be shocked if Izzo did, but for the moment with the streak that they're riding and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But yeah, I think Butler will, get that win and i think the other thing too i think st john's will win um i really like trace jackson davis and i think mm-hmm. he's had a really good start to the year um but i can't bet against julian champani nope. he's just played so yep. well he's you know going to be a late first rounder um he's playing you know i think that he's just kind of putting his stamp on his final college year it'll be yeah it'll be he's he's a i wish his brother would have came back and gone to st. John's as well that'd have been that'd have been awesome but uh I think the kind of thing to notice, especially if you're into betting or if you're just kind of just getting into college basketball when you're picking these matchups and like pick them pools and things like that. You know, a lot of these sophomores who were came back for their sophomore year, junior, especially sophomores, this is their first true road game. Some of these games, um, you know, full stands last year, there were no fans, obviously, or even if there was, it was limited capacity. This year is all about, um, you know, packed houses and crazy mm-hmm. environments. So, you know, just keep that in mind when you're looking at some of these sophomore guards that you think have maybe played in some big games, like, it's going to be the opposite this year. So, yeah, absolutely. Real quick before we get to kind of talk about the other games, um, I want to give a shout out to UNC Greensboro and NKU for a really awesome mid major game Friday night. Yeah. Uh, we had Parker, the intern, mm-hmm. on on site. He did an awesome job covering that game for us. Uh, UNC Greensboro pulls off the win in overtime, 70 to 69. And NKU has a three that's this close to going in to win the game. So, you love those moments in college basketball. Oh, yeah. uh, really fun game. Like those two teams a lot for their conferences, honestly. Yeah. Um, Oakland, though. Oakland freaking went into Oklahoma State and won. Like that's... They, they always do that. They always pull out one or two games a year that's just like, they they won? Like, that's yeah. It's always at a Power 5 school, and I don't know. They're a well-coached team, so. Usually... Yeah. Shout out Greg Campy in his mm-hmm. 455th year coaching at Oakland. <laughs> He's Every crazy on he... the sideline. Every time he says he comes to Northern, he uh, says uh, he better have Skyline waiting in the coach's office for him. See, and he speaks Pers- to my heart. Yeah, respect Skyline. Yeah, exactly. Um, real quick, tomorrow we don't have spreads yet, obviously. Um, first off, who at Fox made the schedule? How was Ohio State Xavier the six thirty FS one game, and Rutgers DePaul is the eight thirty FS one game? 
I think because they don't want to show Rutgers and DePaul beforehand because that might turn people off of basketball in general. Shout out Ron Harper Jr. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, true that. But yes, uh, High State Xavier, uh, maybe the other than Illinois Marquette. Actually, I, I'm going to say it. Other than uh, the best matchup, mm, Seton Hall, Michigan, High yeah. State Xavier, the marquee matchups of the Gavit game. So looks like it's going to be uh, going to be Sintas will be rocking. You'll be there. Covering Sold out. It. Yep. <clears throat> White out, right? White out. Yeah. Yep. Very excited to see um, Deontay Miles, Jack Nunji go up against EJ Liddell, you know, Colby Jones, Paul Scruggs go up against um, Meech Air Williams and, you know, some of their other guards that they have at Ohio State. But it's going to be an awesome game. Um, High State or Xavier owes Ohio State some, some, yes. some uh, karma from previous years in the NCAA tournament. I'm going to go X. I'm going to go X big. I'm going to say by 10 points. Whoa. And I think this is a breakthrough game for Steele. I think he needs one of these, and this could be a big game for him. Yeah, I think Jerome Hunter is just going to make all bit all of Jerome Hunter and Jack Nunji both having experience playing in the Big mm-hmm. Ten is going to just be so big for this game. Uh, you mentioned Deontay Miles, and I'll tell you, um, this came up a couple times since the game Friday night at Kent State. So Kent State has a really good guard named Sincere Carey. He's really well known for being like he has a tendency, he has a possibility of being the player of the year in the MAC. And Xavier like sw- like like had him stay put in ball screens where he did not switch. And a seven-footer kept sincere carry in front of him every possession. He's so, so he's so good defensively. Like yeah. under like that's I mean, that's the reason he's a D1, D1 college basketball, like D1 elite basketball player. He his defense is damn near elite. His offense is gonna be a work in progress, which Xavier fans have seen that and they know that his skill is there. It's just kind of crafting it to his ability. Um but yeah, he's very good in pick and roll situations, which the way college basketball is going, that is kind of the way that teams attack the rim is abusing some of these slower bigs. And Miles is a guy, uh, Deontay is a guy that if you put him out there in pick and roll situations, like either if you're you can't drive past him because he's going to block you at the rim, and he'll keep him, keep you in front of him, and good luck shooting over him. So, yeah, absolutely, man, I'm excited. So I think I this sounds very Homer of me. Um, I think Xavier wins, mm-hmm. but I think it's like a 77-74 kind of game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I think this is a big night for Adam, um, Kunkel, and Colby, and I think Scruggs is. Uh, Colby popped st- up on uh, Sam Vicini's uh, draft board on the Athletic this week. I, I think he's the best player on Xavier. I do too. I, I think I think Colby and Adam can have a great game. Um, if Colby's aggressive and driving, I think they're going to have to sag off of him, or they're going to just going to give up a million points to him. And I think Adam can shoot, and I think Scruggs is built for games like this. He's shown up in every big game that's mattered for him, cross towns, you know, big east, big east games. Um, think the narrative kind of follows suit here and i think xavier wins yeah i am right there with you and i don't you know you know i guess we can touch on it um ron Rutgers. harper jr just plays too well and DePaul's I terrible. yeah i don't think javon freeman liberty is going to be able to do enough for DePaul, DePaul should leave the big east <clears throat> yes I, like not even trolling no like not even like they should leave the big east and go to like the atlantic 10 yeah i'm down for that i'm down be for more that. competitive start like start over whole new like Obviously, the money's not as good, but um, yeah. And then, kind of, we'll transition here. So that's that's the games for the Gavit games. Looks like the Big East is going to win the 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 game count, um, right? Yeah. Unless, yeah. What is it? Right? Who gets a trophy in that case? Does the conference? Yeah. Right at the, at the headquarters. So okay. Um, okay. But this weekend starts kind of my favorite time, Feast Week. You get some of these tournaments. A tournament that you've been to, so I'll let you kind of hit on this here in a minute. Oh, man. The Charleston my Classic. favorite tournament. Just yeah. a blast, man. So fun. Charleston's so beautiful. Um, I highly suggest if your team's ever playing in this to make it out there because it's awesome. I got mm-hmm. to sit courtside. Uh, that was where I first saw Gene's Book Night play. I saw his college basketball debut. Oh, yeah. And I was right there underneath the rim when he caught an alley-oop dunk and went, Okay, this kid's got it. Did this kid's going to play in the NBA. Didn't Xavier and UConn – was that the finals? Double overtime. That, like, that the finals? Okay. And Xavier yeah, lost, correct? They beat UConn the semifinals okay. in double overtime, which was like the first double overtime game I ever worked. Yeah. And then they lost in the finals to Florida. They were down big, and they made a comeback in the game. Um, like Keontae Johnson, Trey Mann. Keontae now, Johnson, that... uh, Andrew Nemhard. Okay, yeah, Trey was the year after. Got it. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was awesome, man. It was a great experience. Um, Lewis barbecue. If any of these people who watch these follow, follow these schools, um, are going to be out there. Definitely has to just there. So some of the games, I mean, some of the matchups are pretty fun. Uh, you've got St. Bonaventure and Boise state Clemson temple Marquette, Ole Miss and 
West Virginia is playing Elon. Elon. Mm-hmm. So of those eight teams, I think I like West Virginia the most. Matchup-wise, I think um, Marquette will miss could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And um, most importantly, like I said, just the coolest, one of the coolest gyms I ever worked a game in. Um, it was so neat. And I highly suggest if anyone can make it out there for the Charleston Classic to do it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, you know, when your worst game of the day is West Virginia Elon, I think it's, you know, you're in for a pretty good game. It starts tomorrow at two o'clock, which is awesome when you get daytime basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing like having it on either on your laptop or on a TV when you're working, just to kind of give you some background noise. Um, I'm very excited for Boise State St. Bonaventure. That's kind of a, a low key underrated matchup. Uh, the Bonnies are awesome, they're well coached. I think we can get, I'm going to make a prediction. It'll be St. Bonaventure and West Virginia in the finals, and I'm going to take the Mountaineers and Sean McNeil to uh, take home the Charleston Classic Championship. Yeah, that second round game of Marquette and West Virginia, if it's how if that is how it plays out, could be awesome. Mm-hmm. In a smaller gym like that, where the like, man, both sides of the crowd like are uh, yeah, it's it's so neat, man. Uh, so. I don't think I can hype it enough, but that game will be a blast because that yep. like the Xavier UConn game was the Friday night, nine 30 game. Yep. I remember this. And so, yeah, we didn't leave the arena till 3 AM because we went to double overtime. We had all the pressers flooded with texts from you. Oh my God. Oh my God. It just kept <laughs> happening. It was unbelievable. So yeah. You like see me on TV at one point. I'm like, <laughs> like what what happens next like right. you know it's just one of those nights but yeah so that's going to be going on i always like these but yeah so i think i'll go west virginia and st bonaventure as well i'll take the nears yep um sean mcneil tournament mvp love it no bias here from the nky boys but <laughs> and lastly the last tournament we'll obviously next week with the maui and the um Atlanta, you know, what's it called? The battle for the bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis. And then there's one more where there's Gonzaga UCLA and Gonzaga Duke. Um, We'll touch on those early next week. We'll have some, we'll have a pot out for you guys. But the last um, little pre feast week tournament is the college hall of fame tip off tournament um, for Mm -hmm. elite programs, North Carolina, Tennessee, Villanova, and Purdue. So Saturday at one o'clock, you get Villanova and Tennessee. And then at four o'clock you get North Carolina and Purdue um, Purdue is a wagon. Carolina's put up 90 in three straight games, but they can't stop anybody. So I think you're in for two really good games on Saturday. And then the winners play each other and the losers play each other. So somebody's going to go 0-2 this weekend, which is crazy how good these teams are. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Villanova beats – I'm going to go pretty chalk. Actually, no, I'm not. Carolina beats Purdue and Tennessee beats Villanova. You just couldn't bring yourself to do no. it. I no. uh, listen. I, I think Armando Baycott versus Zach Eady. Armando Baycott versus uh, uh, Trevion Williams is awesome. Brady Manick has been filling it up. Caleb Love has been playing really well. Um, Purdue's a great team. Excellent scoring the ball. Um, very good defensively. So, but all right, my real picks. I'll say Purdue over North Carolina, and I'll say um, Tennessee over Villanova over Tennessee. But I think Carolina will beat Tennessee, and I think Villanova will edge out Purdue in a very close game. So. I like it. I like yep. it. All right. So I'm going Villanova because I can't go against the conference now. It's been going too well. And I'm going Purdue. That's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. I think those are those two teams are just of the upper echelon of college right. basketball. And they're mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm stoked for those matchups. Uh, yeah. But like you said, next week. So preseason in IT, I could see Xavier Memphis, a.k.a. Oh, Tim yeah. Daniels Panic Attack. Yep. Um, I'm off Wednesday, actually, so I can actually because I'm going to the Laker game. Oh yeah, in Indy, um, so I can watch Russell Westbrook throw the ball to the other team for two hours. Yep. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, and LeBron's back. Well, LeBron's supposed to be back. Sorry. Should be. Yeah, yeah. I'll be pretty upset if he's not. I'll be yeah. selling my tickets and not going to Indy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, I want to kind of real quick touch on um the big news of college basketball this week, and it's obviously. Yeah. Uh, Paolo Banchero being in the car with Coach K's grandson. I think I read a report he tried to like get in the car and take the hit for him, which was kind of crazy. Um, but you you kind of mentioned to me that he's uh <laughs> he's kind of been like the troublemaker of the of the uh of the, <laughs> of the campus of Duke. So kind of like take away your kind of surprise. But I know like he they, the Paolo played last night against Gardner Webb. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. So the the story breaks, and it's it's I sent it to you. You know, it's, it's Coach K's grandson, Michael Savarino, and Paolo Benchero are both cited for DWI or aiding and abetting. Um, that it, it looked like Severino was arrested, Paolo Benchero was cited, and was let go at the scene. Um, basically, North Carolina law is that like if you knowingly get in the car with somebody who has had drinks, especially when they're under the age of twenty one, you are abiding or abating it. So Benchero's guilt by association. Um, it was Palo's car. He was in the back seat, but I think with the Henry Ruggs, Jalen Wilson, Mark few news, people are not blowing it out of proportion because it drinking and driving is very serious. And obviously, you know, can lead to multiple disasters and ruin people's lives and families and, you know, all the tragedies that come with that. But Banchero, I think just because it's Duke and Banchero is the best player. I think he's getting a little bit more heat than maybe should be directed towards him um mm-hmm. i think i don't think he technically should be suspended i think the embarrassment that's gone on the last couple of days is probably good enough if he is yeah. going to be suspended it's going to be for a game maybe whoever they play before they play gonzaga but i don't think it's worth keeping him out now coach k's grandson he is you know multiple reports that he was um their COVID outbreak last year right before the acc tournament was due to him being in some frat parties and stuff you can read that on um the devil's den which is North, or duke's you know, uh, 24 seven, their boards, all the information there seems like he's having a tough go with his, uh, with his grandpa in his last year. So, uh, family Thanksgiving dinner might be a little interesting this year, especially when some un- unrelated press and unwanted press is, uh, been added for the blue devils. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I kind of on the same boat with you, man. I don't necessarily think just should... wrong. It, it's kids being dumb, you know, hopefully they learn and call Ubers from now on, but I don't. I don't know if I. I wouldn't say believe, but I don't know if I'm. I'm fully buying in that Palo was driving and did the bait and switch. Like I just think he. You know, it was his birthday Saturday. I celebrating his birthday Saturday. Somebody said they were good at drive. Ran a stop sign. Got busted. Boom. You when you're under 21, you have a little anything in your system. Kind of screwed no matter what. So, I asked one of my scout buddies. I was like, "Is this going to affect anything with them?" And the response was, "LOL, <laughs> no <Yeah>. way." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "All right, there." EJ Harrison, Ty Lawson, all. Facebook night. Yeah, bro. You can, you, what a book might have. That was the one where I remember when he like, I guess drove it, like wrecked his coach's car and fleed mm. the scene allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it doesn't matter. I mean, kids are dumb. Hopefully they learn from this mistake and just kind of go on with their year. So, yeah. So <clears throat> our segment we're trying out here, this is our, you know, everyone's kind of getting their signature segment here on the network. And so I'm going to do what we call our at large bid all Americans, as okay. in our favorite player of the week. And I'm going to go with the school that you and I are not very fond of um, because this kid has been unbelievable in Lexington. He has been really good their three games so far. And that's Oscar Seabway. He's been unbelievably good, man. Maybe he was Jack. really good in the Duke. Yeah, literally, like he was really good in the Duke game. Um, he was really good Friday against Robert Morris. And then last night they played Mount St. Mary's. I know we're not talking about the best competition there by any means, but he had 24 and 16. So far, T Way is offering is averaging 18.3 points and 18.7 rebounds a game. He's a 6'9. He's built just like Bam Adebayo. Nowhere near mm-hmm. the talent level by any means. Bam Adebayo is pretty elite. Um, but I had to give some love there, offer my All American of the Week to Mr. Shibway. I. Hope that he really has keeps having success. I know you said you're going down there to see the team on Friday play Ohio. Yeah. Uh, shout out my guy Jason Carter. Take good care yeah. of him for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for that game. Good ma- mid major matchup between the Bobcats and the Wildcats. Um, yeah, Oscar's a beast, and he showed it at West Virginia. Um, I didn't think it would translate that well at Kentucky, I didn't but either. he's been phenomenal this year and kind of a, a rock steady piece that they need for success for this year for the Cats. Um, my All-American, um, I'm going to stem from last week's game. Uh, I'm not going to go Timmy because no way. I'm going to go Johnny Juzang, just the elite scorer, the microwave that he is. I think he's very fun to watch. Um, I, he's my All-American pick for this week. So I uh, can't wait to see how he rolls over that success against Villanova next week against Gonzaga. So, yeah, You know, when I think of Johnny Juzang, I think, what do you look good in a Chicago Bulls jersey? Do you need another guard? Do you need another scorer in the NBA? Yes. True. That's a good yes. point. It's water wet. And that's a good point. So yeah. yeah, I think he'd be a great fit. Yeah. I, uh, I'm all for it, which I had to, you, you, you brought out a text message. I said you earlier. Um, so I have to make sure I send it, put this one out there. I know this is the college basketball show at the network, but I got a text from Taylor Burkfeld the other day. It said, 
I have fully committed to Bulls fandom. So I want yeah. to say welcome. Yeah. I mean, Kobe White getting drafted there helped. helped. He's finally back off injury. I love Lonzo. Levine's been awesome. DeRozan's awesome. I used to be a Lakers fan when I was growing up. Uh, big Kobe fan. Don't dislike LeBron. I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, there's something about, I mean, the Lakers, you know, bought their teams back in the day with Shaq, Kobe, D-Fish, all those. But, you know, I liked them when they had Ingram and Lonzo and LeBron was there. And then when he kind of restructured the roster to be the um, AARP team, I was kind of like, all right, you know what? I, I kind of find a, I need to find a new team. I love Steph, but I've decided that my NDA fandom is going to be with the uh, Chicago Bulls. So I'm very excited for the heartaches and the ups and downs this year with the Bulls basketball. Yeah. So you're now like literally everyone on the network roots for a central division team. So yeah, Pacers, Pacers, Pistons and the Bulls. Oh yeah, that was like okay. Yeah, literally. Yeah, there's the now with you. There's four of us, four of the six. Yeah, I got to find out what Parker the interns team is. This, right. This could break it all. Could be the Cavs, right? That same division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw Evan so. Mobley's hurt, so that breaks my heart. He's a beast, dude. He's so good. Um, but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. This week's edition of At Large Bid here on the Forty Minutes Basketball Network. Thank you all for tuning in. Definitely appreciate all of your time. Um, be sure to, if you get a moment, to kind of just give us a quick five-star review. Follow us on Twitter at 48 Minutes Network, where Taylor and I are giving our gambling picks for the day in NBA and college ball, as well as check out the website for all our game recaps, all of us working games. Ben Brown, working UC tomorrow. Wow. First hey. time he's worked a game in a while. It's got to get some uh, jitters out of him. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm excited to get his thoughts on the Bearcats and being at that game. Uh, they're playing Presbyterian. Actually, not a bad team. So it right. could be a pretty decent game. Um, and then they got Illinois on Monday. Kofi, is Kofi, Kofi's back for that game, correct? Yep. Best of luck, you see. <laughs> get, get, Where's that be, game at? I think it's uh, Kansas City. Okay. Well, at least it's not at a, in Champaign. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great night, and we'll be back next week. Peace.